Lord, we praise you that you are our portion. And we wait for you. You are faithful as the morning sun rises, so you are faithful. Your mercies are new this morning for us. We rejoice in the goodness of that, the truth of that, that the sun rising points us to your steadfast love and faithfulness revealed in Jesus that cannot be changed and will not be changed. And one day we'll have the victory over all darkness and evil. And we stand in hope and in joy and in, in anticipation of your great victory. We bring you ourselves this morning knowing that we carry times of brokenness, of feel, where time feels like it's night, where, it's, where there's sickness or those nearby us who we love or the burdens of life, whatever they are. We bring you those quietly now, Lord God. We thank you that you invite us to cast our burdens, our cares upon you, for you love us and you walk with us in our suffering. We rejoice that you have a word for us this morning by your spirit, through your scripture and through your servant, Steffi, open our ears to hear. We pray for this world in which it feels like there's so much darkness near and far. We pray for your hope and your life and your peace and your wholeness. Bless your servants all around this world who are participating in your good work of redemption and witnessing to your kingdom rule in Jesus in all kinds of different ways. And may it be that we would do the same. Thank you, Lord. We praise you and, and uh, open our hearts to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you, but it's been a hard week. I'm talking about last week. Things went on in my life, and I am so glad when Forrest assigned me this particular passage of Scripture. I had, I really didn't want to do it. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do that one. I'll do something else. But then life happened. And this semester, we continue in the book of Psalms. Our theme is Encountering Jesus in the Psalms, Living honestly with God. I thought about the movie uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Some of you are too young to know that, but some of us old folk know what it is. And I thought about this close encounter with Jesus. Uh, I said, Lord, I need that close encounter with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to get me through this circumstance. So I'm going to read to you quickly from the message from Eugene Peterson. And my assignment is Psalm 32. Eugene Peterson says, count yourself lucky. How happy you must be. You get a fresh start. Your slate's wiped clean. Count yourself lucky. God holds nothing against you and you're holding nothing back from him. When I kept it all inside, my bones turned to powder. My words became day-long groans. The pressure never let up. All the juices of my life dried up. Then I let it out. I said I'll make a clean breast of my failures to God. Suddenly, the pressures were gone. My guilt dissolved. My sin disappeared. These things add up. Every one of us needs to pray. And when all hell breaks loose, when all hell breaks loose and the damn burst will be on high ground untouched. God's my island, my hideaway, keeps danger far from the shore, throws garlands of hosannas around my neck. Let me give you some good advice. Let me give you some good advice. I'm looking you in the eye and giving it to you straight. 
Don't be ornery like a horse or a mule that needs bit and bridle to stay on track. God defiers are always in trouble. God affirmers find themselves loved every time they turn around. Celebrate God. Celebrate God. Sing together, everyone, all you honest hearts. Raise the roof. Amen. In this particular passage of Scripture, we find that David is in a quandary. He has messed up. I mean, the brother has really messed up. Now, we're not told about his circumstances. It could be related to the Bathsheba Ura incident that Psalms 51 clearly references or to another time in David's life when he struggled with sin. Say sin. See, it is termed mystical. The root word denotes insight or wisdom so that this may be a psalm of wisdom, though we're not sure. What we are sure is that this psalm has a good deal of insight into the human psyche and the working of self-deception and guilt within the soul. Now, sin, we know, is a terrible thing. I don't know about you, but when I've sinned, I've been filled with guilt and shame. But I thank God for his word because even in Psalms 32, in the message version, it says, you better count yourself lucky. How happy you must be. You get a fresh start. Your slate's white clean. Then it goes on to say, like I said, count yourself lucky again. God holds nothing against you, and you're holding nothing from him. The wonderful thing about this passage is that David's slate was wiped clean. Our slate is wiped clean. Why? Because when Jesus died over 2,000 years ago, come on, your sins were wiped clean. Can I get an amen? See, what a blessing to know that God's mercies, as far as said, his mercies are new every morning. Every morning they are new, and we get a fresh start, and God holds nothing against you. Isn't that good news? When you wake up, no, you might have messed up last night, day before yesterday. You might have messed up this morning, but he said your sins are forgiven. The scripture goes on to tell us, when I kept it all inside, my bones turned to powder. My words became day-long groans. David kept silent. You see, he was stubborn. He was a stubborn brother. He refused to admit his guilt. How many been here have been uh, stubborn? You won't admit that you're wrong? There's two left shoes. You know you're wrong, but you won't admit it. See, he was hoping that his sin would go away. He hoped that it would just disappear. Have you ever found yourself in that position you had messed up and you just ignored it and you wanted it to go away and it kept you up night and day and you tossed and turned. When you turned, it was sin. When you woke up, it was sin. It followed you like that little commercial that comes on and, 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 and a little cloud is following you. Sin is forever before us. And you say, you know what? Sin, can you go away? But you wake up and it's still there. And then you're afraid that somebody else will find out about your sin. Ah, the more David delayed his confession, the more he suffered. It said that his bones turned to powder. He moaned and groaned. Sin, say sin. Sin can make you suffer. You can see sin. It'll take you further than you want to go. Sin, it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin, it'll cost you more than you want to pay. That's sin. But the scripture says that the pressure never let up. But look what happened when David confessed to God. It says, then I let it out. Then I let it out. When we tell God what we've done, 
And so, why do we think that God don't know what we already done? Why do we think we're smarter than God? I don't know. But it says when he let it out, it said suddenly the pressure was gone. His guilt dissolved. His sin disappeared. That's the blessing in confessing. When you've messed up, just confess so you can be blessed, so that the weariness of your sin will not be upon your shoulders. See, when we believe and receive God's forgiveness, that's the blessing. We have so much peace, so much joy, so much happiness. Because when we carry the sin, we're really telling God, you can't handle it. When we tell God, I got this sin, no, we don't. We can't carry such a burden. That's why he tells us in his word, cast your cares upon me because it is I who care for you. And then the psalm continues to tell us that God is our island hideaway. Mm. Keeps danger far from the shore, throws garlands of hosannas around our neck. God is our hiding place. That's the blessing of forgiveness. We no longer run from God. We run to God. He is the place of safety that makes us, from, that keeps us from the snares of the enemy's lies. You know when you sin, the enemy says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I thought you were a Christian. Mm-hmm, I thought you were saved. Mm-hmm, I thought you was this and that. And I said, mm-hmm, I am saved. Mm-hmm, I am a Christian. Mm-hmm, and I'm forgiven. Can I get an Amen. See, we don't have to feel guilty or ashamed any longer. Then the scripture tells this. Let me give you some good advice. I'm looking you in the eye and giving it to you straight. See, last week I had an issue. And I didn't want to hear it straight. I wanted to take matters into my own hands. How many have done that? Don't hold your hand up. Just, 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 you know, just kind of hide your hand. You want to take matters into your own hands. You want to be a ride or die. Let, let, let's go get them. And then the word of God starts ministering to you. And you feel guilty and shame because the Holy Spirit said, you know better. You know too much about me. Give it to me. I'll take care of it. It says, don't be honorary like a horse or a mule that needs bit and bridle to stay on track. God comes right into the passage to instruct the people. He exhorts the people meaning he's encouraging them not to be like a horse or a mule, or as my mama said, a jackass. I heard a preacher say one time, God is in need of an ass. <laughs> can I get a? Uh-huh. When we act like a donkey, God can still use us. See, he does not want us to act like that horse or that mule that will not go where its rider wants it to go. It has to be disciplined because it's stubborn. We are like that at times. We are stubborn, stubborn as a horse, stubborn as a mule, wanting to do things our way. But God is saying, let me give you some good advice. I'm looking you in the eye. I'm giving it to you straight. I love C.S. Lewis. I don't know about y'all, but I love C.S. Lewis. I found a quote that said, there is nothing progressive about being pig-headed and refusing to admit a mistake. 
C.S. said that. I want God to continue to give me good advice. I want God to give it to me straight. Because when he began to talk to me, I didn't want to listen. He said, Stephanie, look me in the eye. And I'm like, want him to give it to me straight. I cannot, you cannot afford to be stubborn because it gets us into trouble. God does not want to muzzle or bridle his people like a horse or a mule. He expects his servants to respond promptly to him of their own accord because he has given us a free will. Finally, the last two verses, God, defiers are always in trouble. You know when we've defied God, we find ourselves still in the same saddle. Well, Lord, uh-uh, are you defying him today? But then he said, God affirmers. They find themselves loved every time they turn around. For God so loved this world. It said, celebrate God. Sing together, everyone, all you hearts, raise the roof. We can rejoice because there is a blessing in forgiveness. We can celebrate and praise God in the wonder of his mercy. David was a man after God's own heart, and he found himself in trouble with sin. But in all of God's amazing grace, he forgave David. Who have you not forgiven? Who are you holding a grudge against? Who are you not talking to because they've done something wrong to you? And all of us want to be forgiven. That's a blessing to know that when we find ourselves in trouble with sin, God has forgiven us. We can rejoice. We can celebrate in the joy of forgiveness. Because the one thing that I remind myself is that I want to be more God conscious than sin conscious. Because I am forgiven and you are forgiven. What a joy and a blessing that is to receive. God bless you.